0: Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast, is Noctua. Noctua falls under the model category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let them introduce themselves properly. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there! Thanks for joining me. Hi! Thanks for having me. Of course. Could you please introduce yourself to everyone?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I am Noctua. Um, I am a drag and burlesque performer, a cosplayer and modeler or model. <laughs> modeler.
0: <laughs> New term. <laughs> so the next thing that I usually ask, but you just answered the first half, for me is, um, at least to my guests who have modeled for me, I ask if they consider themselves or call themselves a model. And you already said that you do. Could you tell me why you call yourself that?
1: Uh, so it's, I I use the term model loosely for myself. Um, I, I don't consider, I consider modeling almost like a, like a hobby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I I do mostly drag and burlesque as far as like who I am as Noctua. Um, And then as far as like muggle life, I do a lot of publishing and whatnot. And so cosplay and modeling, things regarding clothing um, are, again, they're hobbies, but I, I don't feel like I need to be in x amount of number of magazines are doing like a certain amount of modeling to say like oh like I I'm a model it's also like it's something I enjoy doing um Mm -hmm. and it is something that I do look forward to to regarding uh more opportunities so it's like the more opportunities I have to model the more I'll model (laughs) yeah yeah for sure
0: (laughs) Um And obviously I know what you look like, but for folks who are listening to this and haven't seen a photo of you, could you describe your appearance?
1: Yeah, so uh, I height unsure. <laughs> um, It depends on who's looking at me. Some pe- I usually say about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but some people are convinced I'm about 5'10", and I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take baby Amazon. Um, <laughs> and I am... I am I suppose full figured my body shape is really hard to describe just because it depends on who I'm talking to because Mm -hmm. to one person full figured means something different than another person and something different than like a high profile fashion company or magazine or whatever Mm -hmm. um I guess I guess the best way to describe my body is if you go to, if someone goes to Forever 21, I'm the largest size in the regular quote unquote section and then the smallest size in the plus size section.
0: I think that's a, a good size descriptor. What about the rest <laughs> of you? <laughs> what about your, your hair and all that stuff?
1: <laughs> um, I have a blonde, depending on what day I tone it uh blonde to well platinum to white uh afro fauxhawk afro hawk or something um basically I'm going for that I'm going for that mohawk storm vibe
0: is what I'm going
1: for um and yeah, and that's about like shoulder length uh usually I like to wear it up it, either out or up in a pompadour in the in the top um glasses, mostly, or just a lot of eye makeup. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when I'm not wearing a mask, I usually like to rock a nice black lipstick or something totally off the wall, like teal or like blue or something. Um, I am a self-proclaimed goth um, Mm -hmm. and with little pops of color and... Yeah, and I am, and and I'm black. I don't know. I don't know how to describe my skin tone. I'm like I'm brown. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am brown. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's 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 me. Um, I if I if I could describe my preferred aesthetic, like an aesthetic that I would like to keep up all the time, mm-hmm. I would tell people to imagine like an androgynous warlock. Mm. (laughs) that's my goal
0: yeah yeah i i see that i think i think all of that makes sense for uh for what i know of you (laughs) um and so how long have you been doing drag and burlesque and any um like model cosplay stuff like even before smart glamour or anything like that
1: so I started doing, well, I've always, I've always been in the performing, into performing arts. Um, mm-hmm. That's like a thing that started in childhood. So theater, musical theater, dance, um, choir, all that, all that jazz. Um, that was, that's basically like my entire life. Um, in college, I did study theater. It wasn't my major. It was one of my minors. Um, and in college, I started uh, choreographing for Drag King, and then started like performing with him. And then Mm. after college, um, so about a year after my graduation date of college, um, so that's about 2017, spring of 2017, uh, we did a show together in Brooklyn. And then shortly after I started go-going for that show. And then I go-goed for that show from April to about September. And then one day the show that I was go-going for, we had a, we had like a a meeting. And then there, we had a, a random like lip sync moment where we were all just like, like messing around. And they were like, you can lip sync. And I was like, what, me? And they were like, why don't you do drag? And I was like, "Uh, I didn't. And it was still that moment where it's just, like, and, and fat people are still having that problem where it's just, like, fat people who do high-fem drag, it's just, like, are you a drag queen? And I was just, like, I wouldn't know what to call it. Also, I kind of like being naked a lot. So <laughs> what if I lip-sync and did burlesque while I was lip-syncing? Am I allowed to do that? And they were, like, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's Brooklyn. And so... <laughs> and I was like great um and so then yeah my first debut was in September of that year and it was actually what some of us like to call a draglesque number where I was doing burlesque but I was lip-syncing like I was doing mm-hmm.
0: drag nice and that was high femme drag that time yes
1: okay cool. um
0: yeah, and it was it was a pretty
1: goth number. It uh, was to No and Porta by In This Moment, and um, that was also the first time everyone realized that I am very prop heavy when it comes to my numbers. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the cosplayer and theater kid in me. <laughs> mm, yeah, that makes
0: sense. Um, so. Pre-meeting me, I mean, you've been modeling for Smart Glamour, I believe, The f- not that long. I feel like the first time was spring 2019, right? Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so not very yeah. long at all. So pre-meetings me and modeling for Smart Glamour, what was your relationship to fashion and or modeling um, and or, I mean, you just kind of went over performing a little bit, but like maybe getting your photo taken for performances or, or any kind of like combination of that stuff.
1: Yeah. So the modeling part, or at least like being photographed, um, in a, in a professional sense started, I would say as a kid for like dance recitals, mm-hmm. um, cause there's always like the big company or studio or whatever, like, Oh, it's time for like dance recital pictures and everything. And so it kind of started there. Um, but I would say I did a little bit of the modeling, um, in college, uh, as far as people taking my photos, but I did also two years in a row for my freshman and sophomore year in college. Um, I was part of the Soka fashion show. So Soka was an organization at the, at my college, um, students of Caribbean ancestry. I am not mm. a person of Caribbean ancestry, but you didn't Necessary. I'm just American, um, mm-hmm. but you didn't necessarily need to be in order to be part of the fashion show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Soka ran it, and so yeah. Uh, for my first two years in college, I actually did that fashion show in the spring, and it was it was really nice. It wasn't my first runway show, um, but it was my first runway show with that big of an audience as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a few of those like really weird like church shows <laughs> as a kid um yeah church fashion shows and then my godmother was part of like i don't know there was this weird like mary kay fashion show one year that i was oh, in, uh, as a kid and so and i'm like ah uh, trauma that was that was not where i wanted to start <laughs> um but but yeah so it it it's Smart Glamour was the first time, like, after college that I was like, oh, like, here is something that I really want to be a part of. And it was because post-college I hadn't found any place that really accepted me, a Black, non-binary person of size, like, as a model. Mm -hmm. And so... Once I was out of, I guess the space of like my peers and like relying on other people to see me as I was. It was just like, oh, guess I just won't be modeling anymore. (laughs) Um, Mm. And then, and then a friend, um, Ari, actually, I saw them. I saw I saw a photo of them in this like really gorgeous like like um, like one strap like gown and I was just like oh my gosh that's such a beautiful gown I love this like and then Ari was telling me about Smart Glamour and then when you posted the the call for the spring uh, runway show I was just like Ari was like hey look they're like looking for new people and I was like oh. and then yeah and then I showed up at that audition late as always because of cat <laughs> problems <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh right, now that you say that that does sound vaguely familiar. But I feel I think you, you emailed me, right? I yeah, think. I was like, yeah. uh
1: the cat got injured and <laughs> I'm having an issue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, like life happens um and as long as somebody emails me to give me some kind of heads up to or like, you know, text or whatever whatever form of conversation, um, you know, that's understandable. Things happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just like, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much uh, my, my journey towards smart glamour. And, and now I kind of just like, I mean, I look for opportunities where, where things aren't incredibly intimidating. And that's not to say that smart glamour wasn't intimidating, because I was incredibly nervous on that, (laughs) on that audition. Mm -hmm. But I was also just comforted just even like having on the on the sign-up sheet just having like oh what are your pronouns i was like i am comforted
0: just by this question Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and could you talk about that that kind of stuff maybe um in comparison like previous uh modeling or performing experiences you had um growing up or as a as a young adult
1: yeah so i don't think it it mattered as much as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it started matter- mattering more towards end of high school, a little bit in college, and then definitely after college. Um, I've identified as bi since I was about fourteen, but I mm. didn't start. I didn't. I didn't come out the second closet, <laughs> the gender closet, <laughs> until after cl- college. <laughs> oh, okay. It, Yeah, and so it was one of those things where it's just like, oh, I, I'm already like aware of my sexuality and like I'm solid there, like I know who I am there. But then, my college was very, like, queer centric, and like almost there was a running joke where it's like, if you if you started out, or there is a running joke that is if you, aren't queer when you get to purchase, you'll be queer by the time you finish with purchase. (laughs) Um, and so I got the purchase and I was like, I'm already queer. I have no other cl- clauses to come out of. But the idea of what it meant to be non-binary was very like, s- like small, petite, white, masculine leaning people. Uh-huh. And I don't fit the vast majority of those characteristics. Um, I had my masculine days and then I have my hyper feminine days and then I have my goblin days. Like I just... <laughs> It's just, it is what it is. And so I didn't realize it took me longer to come out the the gender closet, as I like to say, um, than I think a lot of other people because I didn't fit the non-binary or trans narrative um, or trans aesthetic. And so, yeah, that took me much longer, even though I'm like, I'm not sure why it took me much longer. I spent the vast majority of college trying to wear three-piece suits um, mm-hmm. and bow ties and and everything. But I was like, because I wear makeup and I like having long hair, I can't possibly like, like be part of this, of this group. And then I realized, Oh wait, no. Yeah. I, I can totally do whatever the hell I want because it's my body. Um, right. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it, it started mattering more after college. And I think that's why it took me so long in between college and, and finding smart glamour to to start modeling again and the thing that really did help me with my gender identity was doing drag and burlesque cuz i was like oh i really can just like put anything i want on my body and it still be my body in the way i feel like presenting it
0: yeah that's actually what i was going to ask about you next, uh, or ask of you next so th- thanks for bringing that up was just um how your gender then intersects with doing drag since uh you know people love to argue about like what is drag and what is not drag etc but to me anyway um as somebody who's a huge fan but i uh, know just an observer of drag it's just a performance of gender at all so like how does that um intersect with your non-binary identity and then how you perform when you do drag
1: mm-hmm. uh i think i think the main thing for me is that so like a lot of a lot of drag performers and even burlesque performers they have their queen persona and then they have their king persona and as a non-binary person i've never felt the the need to have a different stage name as either of those either like identity it's just like Mm -hmm. i am always noctua it's like whether i'm in high femme drag, whether I'm I'm presenting as a drag king, whether I'm doing burlesque or, like, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm always Noctua because Noctua is non-binary, like, mm-hmm. and so it's, like, I can, even in, my, even in my muggle life, it's just, like, I don't switch around, like, stuff in my muggle life. It's, like, whatever my name is there, it's, like, that's who I always am no matter what I'm wearing, and so I felt like it was important for me to just be, like, no, this is always who this... Character, this person is. It doesn't matter if I'm doing Count von Count or him or like any other like masculine like cosplay nerdlesque or whatever versus like my Sailor Pluto or Miss Piggy or just like something else super high feminine goth. It's like this is always the same person, mm-hmm. and it's also helpful for me because it's like then it's just like it gets to the point where it's just like oh well, well are you a drag? queen or a drag king right now. And it's like, I don't know. I have on a long wig and drew a mustache on my face. I'm just vibing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just vibing right now. I don't know what the hell is going on. This is, this is a look, Um, (laughs) a couple, this is a look. And so therefore I'm going to wear this look. Uh, Another, uh, uh, a drag friend and I, our favorite, our favorite chant, like in the, in the green rooms is always mustache and titties. (laughs) because <laughs> it's just like titties out mustache on this is the look let's go
0: <laughs> yeah uh that makes a lot of sense to me and i feel like um it's always weird when i see hesitancy from people about either you know afab people being or doing drag or non-binary people doing drag or trans people doing drag because it's just like uh, why would we go so far as to be like, yes, let's perform gender and let's do these, you know, acts that can be a number of things that really run the gamut. Um, but we got but but we need to enforce this this binary on top of this supposedly subversive subversive things that we're doing. Like, I just it just makes no sense to me. Um so with burlesque, I feel like I've heard that's another <laughs> uh, scene of and group of people that I am a big fan of and observer of. And I'm lots of friends with pe- uh, people who do burlesque, but I'm just an observer of it. And I feel like I've heard kind of like two different um, opposing storylines when it comes to um, inclusivity of bodies with burlesque and how it can be an incredibly inclusive um, environment and community and art form, and then also the complete opposite of that. And I'm just wondering if you've had any experiences uh, being a curvier person um, and doing burlesque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's,
1: I I try really hard to, to kind of separate, like, muggle career stuff from, like, burlesque and drag and all of that um Mm -hmm. unless unless like I know the people are cool and it's less of an issue of people I do like my burlesque and drag peers to know about my muggle life um it's more an issue of okay the people that I work with in publishing do I want them to know about my burlesque and drag life um uh, and it's like, there are some people that do know, um, and so it's like, that's totally fine, and that's all great, because I do not want to have to be Superman all the time, and like, mm-hmm. run and like, rip off my shirt and be a different person after like, five o'clock. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so in the in the burlesque community, or burlesque shows, um, as far as body inclusivity and whatnot, it's I've I have felt both ends of of it um, or rather multiple ends of it mm-hmm. so it's there and I and I feel like sometimes it's not even about the cast or the producer sometimes it's really about the audience and the venue mm. Um, I've performed for m- some audiences that are that are mostly cis and straight and and things are fine, things are all well and dandy, and they're really receptive to my work. Um, And then I performed for some mostly cis straight audiences, especially mostly cis straight and white audiences that are just like, not receptive at all. And I am a, I like to be in the crowd in my performances. Um, Mm -hmm either starting in a crowd or doing a lot of dancing in a crowd. And that's definitely like a a go-go thing, like being part of the audience and interacting with the audience a lot. Um, And, and so I do, there's a, there's a weird silence sometimes. And sometimes there's, there's, there's the silence of all. And then there's a silence of, I don't know what's going on or I don't like what's going on. Mm -hmm. And as a, as a performer, you can almost, feel which one it is Um, and so then I end up nervous because I'm like this audience does not like what I'm doing which can sort of end up giving me a bit of imposter syndrome if I've done this for an audience that really did like it and so I'm like I don't is this a good number is what I'm doing like amazing like I don't I don't know Um, and then and so yeah with the audience it's just like I know it's about me being Black. I know it's about me being non-binary. And I know as far as burlesque goes, there is definitely a thing about body hair. And Mm. I have no idea why it is anyone's business what body hair is on someone else's body, but people just seem to be so obsessed with it.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) incredibly true.
1: And so it, it, it also does get nerve wracking, not with the cast, like my other, uh like my burlesque colleagues, being like, "Well, why didn't you shave for the show or whatever?" But it is sort of just like being the only non-binary person on a burlesque booking and seeing everyone waxed from like forehead to like toe,
0: and then it's me <laughs> and it's
1: just like, "Well, I'm not doing that," <laughs> um, and it's like, "I don't, I'm not doing it because I don't want to do it." But then there, there ends up being this weird like. I don't want to do it, but I feel like I have to do it to be accepted in the scene. Even though none of my colleagues are saying that I feel like in order to make money in this scene, I have to have this certain look about me. Um, And it's almost why I don't necessarily do classical burlesque. I have some pieces that can be classical, um, but I don't usually think of that like, have classical burlesque with that in mind I do a lot of nerdlesque or mm-hmm. I do a lot of um screamlesque <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of throw things around on stage um, mm-hmm. and I'm like I feel like I often feel like I have to do something extra to distract or make it acceptable that I that I am non-binary and doing burlesque.
0: Right. Like, like, Like somehow it wouldn't be appropriate if you were to do classical burlesque in in the body that you have. In the way that you um feel most like you presenting it. You're right. 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 Which is unfortunate. Because I just... I mean, obviously it's unfortunate, but it's just like, it's specifically within burlesque as well. It's just like, it's such a wonderful, fun art form where there's so many types. I mean, even just the types that you've listed that you personally do, but there's, you know, there's so much more. That's like, I don't, again, I just don't understand putting a limiting box on something that is, was built for expression, you know, just makes no sense to me. All right. <laughs> Right,
1: especially when it's like, oh, I'm using my body as my body's the art form. <laughs> my right. moving body is the art form. It's like I should be able to move and whatever. It's also just like we, yes, as artists, we're here to entertain other people, but it's not the that's not the real basis of it. It's like we're doing this for ourselves. It's like we're allowing you to enjoy what it is that we're doing for ourselves.
0: Right. And then at the same time, it's like, even though it is something that's supposed to entertain other people, also, you could just very much be like, okay, well, th- this isn't my, you know, particular preferred style of burlesque to watch, but okay. I mean, is that like, <laughs> does that really yeah. need to be some, like, you know, Evening ending or offensive thing to like see an act that's not your cup of tea. Like I mean, there's lots of things that exist in the world that aren't my cup of tea. Like I, you know, they they just exist, and so do I, and it's not a problem. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so I know you haven't been uh, modeling with Smart Glamour for that long, but since starting, um, has any of your relationship to fashion or to modeling or to your body or any of those things or a combination of the things, has it changed or shifted at all for you in this quick amount of time?
1: Um. Yes, actually, as far as as far as fashion goes, as far as like things that I'll wear or allow myself to wear, I will mm. say, Mallory, you've gotten me to wear patterns. <laughs> I was not a pattern person. <laughs> I'm like, she's done it again. She's got me in a pattern. Look at that. And I like hey, this, it, pattern. Was, this it, is- was, it was
0: a black pattern.
1: <laughs> it was. It was black. But it wasn't It wasn't just that it was a black pattern. It was that it was floral. I remember my family used to make so much fun of me because they would try to recommend, like, they would be like, it's black. And I'd be like, it's floral. And I can't. I'm a bat. And I live in the dark. And I cannot be seen in the flowers. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, proper is nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so funny and you know what's actually very odd about that is pre smart glamour um i never wore florals either <laughs> <laughs> um and you know i think it's a lot of people will will uh kind of like uh attribute floral prints to smart glamour and vice versa which i think just happened by accident but also i think that um I didn't wear floral pre-smart for a few different reasons. One being that I do think I had some kind of internalized um, misogyny happening where like if something seemed quote unquote too feminine, I wasn't very into it. Even though I've been into fashion and clothes, which are quote unquote a feminine um, interest my whole life, when it came to dressing myself, um, even when i was doing more quote unquote feminine outfits, you know, heels and a pencil skirt or whatever, it still had this kind of a little bit of an edge to it. And mm. anything that was like too frilly, um i wouldn't wear. And then i started finding very pretty florals uh prints because i do actually as a human being enjoy like flowers, like actual flowers. Um and then from having pop-up shops and having the items, like, already there and made, I would, like, dress up along with shoppers. And then I, like, completely surprise even myself. They're like, oh, I actually do really like this. And, like, you know, so- sometimes I um want to be a little, you know, more, like, minimalistic or edgy or, like, wearing black or you know this other thing and sometimes i want to wear a floral frilly dress and that's also okay (laughs) yeah it's
1: i i have this i've had this conversation with with multiple people um like in the past about femphobia phobia Mm -hmm. and and internalized femphobia, phobia and i'm like i feel like every afab person had a had a moment in their life where they hated the color pink where they mm. were just like i cannot wear anything pink i do not want to be associated with pink i am not quote unquote that girl i'm not the pink girl like yeah. <laughs> and 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 or or like had a like oh i'm not like other girls phase or i want to be one of the guys sort of like situation and i'm mm-hmm. like Every a fat person went through some version of that phase. and I definitely, I definitely had a, had a phase um, in high school where I was just like, I will not even look at pink. I do not want to associate with the color pink. The color pink is terrible, which is hilarious because I was the pink kid all the way up until like seventh grade. It was just like, mm. this is pink. I love pink. Um, And then just one day I was just like, I hate it. I hate this color. And, and would literally like cry if anyone bought me anything pink or yeah, too frilly, too like girly, too feminine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was, there was a point, I, I think it was like my drag brother got me to wear pink for like this event. And, and he was like, what if he was like, Hey, how about this? I was like, what? What am I gonna wear to this event? He's like, hey, what if you didn't wear black? And I was like, aghast. And he was like, he was, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, what about red? He was like, no red. I was like, dark green? No. Blue? No. And he was like, he was like, what if you wore pink? And I was like, I don't know if I can live that way. And he was like, what if it was pastel pink? And I was like, now you're just trying to kill me. And then he had me wear pink and it wasn't just that I was wearing pink. It was that the the corset, the skirt, the heels, my hair, everything was pastel pink. Even my makeup was light. And I was like, I feel like a bubblegum princess and I don't know how I like about it. And then I like went to the event and everyone was just like, you look like Rose Quartz. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was just like... Oh, okay. And then, like, as I was looking at myself, like, in, in reflections and whatnot, I was almost mad because I was like, this does actually look really good on me, and I'm really upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because now that means he's going to try to get me to wear more pink. Um, And so, yeah, I have actually found myself wearing, I'm still, like, all black everything, like, in my head, and mostly black, but, like, sometimes I'm like all right i'll wear i'll wear all this black and then i'll have pastel hair or i'll wear all this black and then i'll do like like i said earlier like a blue lip like a like a weird lip or something or a or a funky like purple shoe um and so yeah i yeah, I, I I do blame him. I also blame you for getting me to wear florals. Um, and even, and not just like wearing florals. It's not just like, oh, Mallory's going to put a floral on me and I'm actually okay with this. It's Now I find myself looking at florals and considering them. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, what's happening?
0: <laughs> it's like, I don't want to like this. <laughs> well, y- I'm sorry and you're welcome. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, just, I also just think that it's like this whole conversation that we're talking about right now is just almost unavoidable in a world where everything is so unnecessarily gendered. And then we live in a society that promotes men over everything else. So it's like, you know, we attach pink to girl and then we say boys are the best in in every scenario so of course at some point you know afab people are going to be like well fuck this like i can't win in pink right (laughs) you know (laughs) which is just i I mean i think that now go
1: yeah (laughs) oh no i was just saying which is just like another thing with like it just goes back to why it took me so long to realize that i was non-binary because again it was that whole like Oh, like, as far as like my body goes, I don't identify as a woman. I don't, in my head, I don't look at my body and go, that is a woman's body. I'm like, this is just, this is just a body that I have. Um, and, and then I start putting clothes on and I'm like, okay, I might see this as just the body that I have, but depending on what I put on this body, people are going to say, that is a woman. And if I am dressed feminine with this, to other people, woman's body, no one is going to take me seriously when I say, oh, I'm non-binary, my pronouns are they, them. And mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it's because it happens so much. People, I, I and I tell this story a lot. Um, it was after a show and I was doing karaoke at a bar after a show and the drag queen there, I, I think I sung a pink song and I forget what the conversation was about me doing a pink song. And then the, bo- the, the, the drag queen there goes, oh, well, it's okay because she's a girl and she can do that. And I was like, actually, um, I'm trans, my pronouns are they, them. And she like turned around and looked at me and she was like, well, you have a pussy, don't you? And I was oh. like, okay, well, now I'll just drink this entire drink. And, uh, I guess phase through the floor. I don't. And I literally like looked at her and I couldn't answer the question. Because I was just so flabbergasted, literally, that she dared to ask me that question like like very loudly, like in front of a group of people when I was just like, hey, actually, I'm going to correct you about my gender. And then she just blatantly asked about my genitals instead. And I was just like, I, I don't know that I literally didn't even know the answer to that question. I was just like, sitting there staring at her with my mouth open, and in my head, I was like, I don't know. Do I? I I'm not even
0: sure right now. <laughs> i have no idea what's happening um yeah. and like how could that possibly be anybody's business unless you decide to make that someone's business
1: yeah unless i
0: like like took
1: my pants off and got on the bar it was like hey look at me and like stood on my head like <laughs> like and even then it's just like even if anyone like saw me nude at the bar that night, it's just like, okay, I don't care what you saw. I'm telling you my pronouns right. are they them. So like right. here, like, uh, so yeah, it, it definitely. And I think that does like stuff like that definitely does deter me from applying to other like modeling gigs when I do see them pop up because I'm like, if I tell these people like, Hey, my pronouns, are they, them? Are they going to be like, we don't care. Like, are they actually going to take that into consideration? Are they going to take it into consideration when they're talking to me and then like, not give, like, not give a shit after the fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like, like just pretend to care. Are they just going to appease me? Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I also don't want appeasement. Like I don't, want people to be like oh yes this is this is Noctua, and they them it up in front of me and then the moment i'm like not in the room misgender me because i'm like that's not helpful
0: right right and i think that actually that ties into um a conversation thread that i've been having on a, f- a few of these episodes now with specifically with smart Lumber models about just um the like tokenization and performance of inclusion and quote unquote diversity and mm-hmm. people who or brands who just do it on a surface level and don't actually take the uh, time or energy or caring to figure out what all that actually means for people and then all they do is end up causing harm. It's like, you know, you think that or they think that they're quote unquote doing the right thing, but if you're not gonna do it all the way, you're actually not because you're you're tricking people into thinking that you've created a safe space for them and then you turn around and harm them. Right, right. Yeah.
1: It's It's just, and it's also, it's, it's funny because I've had this same conversation in, in like regarding publishing when it comes to like diversity training and whatnot. And then being Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're a diverse company or like being like publishing companies that are just like, they promote the whole like diverse books thing. And Mm -hmm. then when you look at like their list of authors or their like co like their staff, it's just like, Like just totally just like everyone except like two people are like white. And it's just like, how can you promote so much diversity in the product you put out? But when it comes to the people who work on the product, there's there's no one there to vouch for these people who you are showcasing. Right.
0: Exactly. (sighs) Well, on on that note, Um, I'm sure there are lots of things, but if you could just pick one or two things that you would like to see change within, um, the fashion industry, but then also maybe burlesque and drag, or maybe all three of them intertwined together, uh, what would they be?
1: Ooh. Um, I know there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, I guess, I guess as far as, as far as. I guess, modeling goes, I, I would love to, I would love to have, like, I do, I love, I love one woman companies (laughs) like Smart Glamour. (laughs) I love, I love the, I love supporting the smaller companies, but I also want more diversity. I want to literally be able to see, more diversity in larger companies as well like I don't want to have to like hunt down or like google like trans inclusive companies or like Mm women-owned companies or like to like find stuff that I would like to wear sometimes I want to be able to just walk into a store Mm -hmm. and and see like someone like me like Either that either whether that means like someone who is black and not like super skinny or just like someone with like natural hair or like a black non-binary person that like has their body hair or whatever or just like just just not a cookie cutter model like on a Mm -hmm. billboard in the store wearing the pair of jeans that I want to wear. Like I'm tired of not knowing what I would look like in clothes because there's no one in the store or in the catalog wearing like me wearing the clothes.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and what about in like performance, um, spaces or businesses? Um, I, I just want to make it
1: not a big deal. Like I like, it is a big deal for everyone. Like who, who has to like tell someone their pronouns, Um, It's always going to be a big or as of right now, it's a big deal in the workplace because it's like every day, like we have to come out all over again Um, and then hope that like we're not going to be discriminated against when we come out. But Mm -hmm. the thing that I would like to see in the performing arts community, and I do include drag and burlesque in that, um, is normalizing asking people their pronouns, and then not making a big deal of it. Right. Just like, very casually like, oh, hey, so and so my name is whatever my pronouns are because I think if you just like, if you're introducing yourself to someone and you tell them what your pronouns are, then they're just like, oh, it's okay for me to say my pronouns. And it's going to take a while before we don't feel like that's a trap. Like Mm -hmm. before non binary people don't feel like that's a trap, because I know I often do. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're asking me about my pronouns, but do you actually care? (laughs) Um, um, And so, yeah, I just want us to be able to get to that point where it's just like, oh, like, this is normal or, oh, it's it's normal for the audience. Like, the audience isn't totally wowed by seeing someone not skinny doing burlesque. Like, the audience isn't totally just, like, aghast. It's just like, oh, my gosh, like, this person took, like, like took off their pantyhose and their leg isn't shaved like okay yeah how hashtag brave (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i want that to stop i want the whole oh my god you're so brave um why why should i be afraid like why is it normal for me to be afraid to just have a body right so yeah yeah
0: it's like, I, you know, I think that in general, the the all these different communities and the society they exist in are moving in that direction. And then it's and then I like step outside of my bubble of people and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, there's even there's people that come to, as you mentioned before, when you come to a Spark lumber Casting, there's a slot for your pronouns under your name. And there are people that come to the casting that even come to a smart glamour casting. So, know a little bit about who I am and what we're Mm -hmm. doing, and we'll leave that blank or we'll put question marks or we'll like write something that doesn't apply, like because they like literally no one has ever asked them that. And so, they don't even know what to write down. So, it's like a cis person who's like, What? Why would you even ask me this question? Yeah. So, it's like, I, I mean, the only way to normalize it into conversation and into um both workplaces and performance spaces is just to continue doing it and to have cis people continue doing it and to have continue to have education on it continue to continue to share you know resources and examples of it and slowly but surely (laughs) hopefully (laughs) at some point yeah it won't be it won't be such a big deal um yeah do you have any uh small bit of advice or just a motivational general, you know generally um positive statement for anyone else who might relate to you in in a you know a variance of ways who might want to perform or model or Um, do drag burlesque like like what what would you say to that person who hasn't tried it yet
1: um I think and like people have said this phrase to me before uh, in like a different kind of way but I think the 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 biggest thing I've learned is you you may not be everyone's cup of tea but you're somebody's Mm. and it's so it's just like you have, to find, you have to find the people you're going to vibe with. It doesn't make any sense trying to, while, we, while yes, we do want people to accept us as we are, if we try to force ourselves into, into groups and, and enmesh ourselves amongst, amongst people who don't want to see us as we are, then we're never going to be seen. It's just like, you, you have to find your people. You have to find your people and those people will will encourage you to be whoever it is you want to be. And then by the time you've been around them enough, when you get to those people who, who are trying to put you down and whatever it is you're doing, you're going to have the strength to be like, all right, great. I don't really care that you don't like what I'm doing. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it anyway. But you have to find those people who are willing to genuinely support you first because you can't do everything alone
0: like we as people need support yes absolutely i agree well this was a wonderful little chat and i appreciate you coming to have it with me um this was fun uh where would you like people to follow you on the internet yes uh People can
1: follow me on my Instagram uh, at Noctua Vindicta. So that's N-O-C T-U-A-V-I-N D-I-C-T-A.
0: Wonderful. And I will hyperlink that and tag that in all the places that I can put links and tags.
1: <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of fashion for all please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts to help others find the show for more smart glamour goodness you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on facebook at backslash smart glamour and instagram at smart underscore glamour thanks